Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's prophecy update, Pastor J.D. encourages you to be in God's Word regularly. In particular, now would be an excellent time to read the books of Daniel and Revelation as they both pertain to end times events. Within the pages of Scripture, you'll find encouragement and a merciful, saving God who loves you. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 21st, 2020. I want to talk with you about what, for the most part, started over a hundred years ago, perhaps even longer than that, but it's now leading to the grand finale. And by grand finale, I mean there's been this agenda in the works to collapse the current world order under the crushing weight of lawlessness and chaos to usher in this new world order. And I would submit that the success of said agenda is on the verge of being realized. And when, not if, when it does, it's game over. Let's start with this quote from Woodrow Wilson. It was from back in the year 1913, quoting, Since I entered politics, I have chiefly had men's views confided to me privately. Some of the biggest men in the United States in the field of commerce, and manufacture are afraid of something. They know that there is a power somewhere so organized, so subtle, so watchful, so interlocked, so complete, so pervasive that they better not speak above their breath when they speak in condemnation of it. Last week I quoted excerpts from a 1984 interview with host G. Edward Griffin. He had on his program a Russian KGB defector by the name of Yuri Bezmenov, 
in which he explains the four stages of subverting the free world. What I want to do today is quote excerpts from an earlier video of G. Edward Griffin. You can find this online. He explains how communists have had plans, listen, to use racial agitation, violence, and socialism for a communist revolution in America. Listen to these excerpts, quoting, As early as 1928, the communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their agitators only into black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence, and bloodshed between the races. And they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even if children necessary. He then goes on to hold up a book entitled, Color, Communism, and Common Sense by an author named Manning Johnson. Quoting Griffin, he joined the party, speaking of the Communist Party in America, as a young man because he honestly believed that the Communists were trying to improve the conditions of his people, the black people. He was a dedicated communist, and eventually he rose to one of the highest ranks. But after many years, he discovered that instead they were merely planning to use his people in a bloody revolution to destroy America. Communists call not only for extensive chaos, chaos within the cities, but for putting to the torch every village, every forest, every field, and every barn. The plan? The plan is for raging fires from one city to the next. The reason? Well, first, there's the value of sheer destruction. Secondly, it would force us to deploy our defenses and rescue units over the widest possible area. 
The communists point out that as long as our police and National Guard remain concentrated, they're invincible. But if they can be forced to spread out over the entire city and into the countryside as well, then they can be picked off from ambush one by one. And the third value of massive fire to the communists is psychological. Listen to this, this hit me, hit me hard. The average American is soft and decadent. And when he sees billows of black smoke rising from one horizon to the other, he'll become paralyzed with fear and panic and will run away and hide and do nothing to interfere with the guerrilla bands as they strike at the community's power centers. Black rebellion, black rebellion was what Moscow wanted. Bloody racial conflict would split America. During the confusion and demoralization, we talked about this last week, panic would set in, then finally street fights become frequent under the leadership of the Communist Party. Workers organized revolutionary committees to be in command of the uprising armed workers and seized, listen to this, the principal government offices. I watched an absolutely heartbreaking and chilling video of what's really happening in Seattle. Uh, apparently there was a couple of homicides and the police are not responding. Uh, sadly this seems to be working because police officers are now resigning. And so, but it's even worse than that. Some of the things that are happening within this area in Seattle that they have seized according to this whole agenda, that was the plan all along. Well, from the pulpit I dare not get too graphic, but suffice it to say that it is like it was in Lot's day, and like it was in the days of Noah. It's evil, it is demonic, it is satanic. What is happening? There was another video I saw, I, ha I couldn't watch it all the way through. This uh, woman who was inside the area, they call it CHOP now, was Chaz, is, I mean, weeping, almost convulsing, pleading with people. She said, you have no idea what's happening in here. Well, Griffin continues. He says, this all-out minority revolution must create a state of crisis 
wherein almost all of the male population would be forced to remain in their homes to protect their property and families. The middle class is very large, but it is not accustomed to deprivation and terror. Because of its affluence, it has waxed soft. It has no stomach for massive fire, blood, and violence. And then he says this, listen to this. The motive force behind its life drive, speaking of the affluent, soft American, the motive force behind its life drive is its endless pursuit of prestige, conspicuous consumption, and sensuous pleasure. Dare I say, I'm sad to say, that not only is this an apt description of this nation, but sadly it is also an apt description of the church of Jesus Christ in this nation. Still quoting, a few years, by the way this has a very good ending, just you know, spoiler alert, so hang in there with me. (laughs) A few years of violent, sporadic, and highly destructive uprisings will set the stage for the grand finale. After the stage is properly set through protracted struggle, America could be brought to her knees in 90 days. Think about that. Think about this. Think about 90 days ago. How much has happened in 90 days? It was about 90 days ago that everything went into lockdown. Look what's happened in 90 days. Now, What's in store for the next 90 days? Hmm. Hmm. America could be brought to her knees in 90 days of highly organized, fierce fighting, sabotage, and massive firestorm. Ladies and gentlemen, they have one and only one solution for all problems. More government, more government, and then more and more until it's total government. And forgive me for saying it one more time, total government is communism. It's important to understand, especially for those who are younger and any discussion of communism is foreign at best. (laughs) It's important to understand that said communism is the perfect storm for this Luciferian and totalitarian control of the Antichrist. 
You have to understand that when the Antichrist does come on the scene, and we're going to be talking about this in 2 Thessalonians 2 today, when he does come on the scene, he doesn't set anything up. He just flicks the switch. It's already been wired. The conduit has already been ran. The wire's already connected. Everything's ready to go. And all he does is he just flicks the switch to a one world government, a one world economy, and a one world religion. Everything's already been set up. That's all he has to do when he comes on the scene. And by the way, I'm personally of the belief that at that juncture, everything is going to move very fast. It almost has to. Because of the total chaos, which is the whole point, by the way. It's order out of chaos. It's this pre-planned order out of chaos, such that the current chaos brings the new world order. That's the plan. Now, for the benefit of those who are new to Bible prophecy, uh, this is foretold in Scripture, particularly in two books, the Old Testament book of Daniel and the New Testament book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, the only book in the Bible that promises a blessing to those who hear it, read it, and take it to heart. No other book in the Bible promises a blessing. Actually, the book of Daniel has a profound prophetic parallel to the prophecy that we have in the book of Revelation, specifically chapter 13. And even more specifically, as it relates to the image of the beast and the number of the name of the beast, 666, who demands to be worshipped. In other words, after the rapture and during the seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist will have everyone who refuses to take the mark and bow down to him killed. Listen to Revelation chapter 13. I'll read verses 15 through 18. The second beast, verse 15, Revelation 13, was given power to give breath to the image, that's interesting, of the first beast, so that the image could speak and cause all who refuse to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they have the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Daniel chapter 3 verse 1. 
This is what is known as typology. I love typology. It's maybe better explained as a scripture picture of what's yet to come. This actually happened, but it represents a prophetic type of what is yet to come. Watch this. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image, an image of gold, whose height was, interesting detail, 60 cubits, and it's with six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Verse 4, then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down, dare I say, bend the knee and worship, will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Oh my goodness, this is a talk about typology. 60 cubits by 6 cubits with 6 instruments. There's your 666. The image, if you don't bow down and worship the image, you will be killed. This is all a type, and it even is more fascinating than that. Because you know the story, right? You have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they refuse to bend their knee and bow and worship this image because they will only worship the true and living God. So guess what? You're going to get thrown into the furnace. And this is not just a furnace, apparently. It's a furnace that has been turned up seven times hotter It is so hot that the men who threw them in the furnace are burned to a crisp. I'm sorry for the overemphasis, but I think you get the point. And it even gets better than that. Here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace. And their clothes, we're told, didn't even smell like smoke. And apparently Nebuchadnezzar's watching, waiting for them to just be consumed. And he looks in there, and he says, wait, 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 wait. We, we threw three guys in there. I see four. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. <laughs> because it is. Thanks for joining us for this special Mid-East Prophecy Update edition of In Spirit and Truth. 
We understand how important it is to know what God's Word says, especially in our world today. All around us, we see violence and despair running seemingly unchecked. We do what we can to alleviate these crises we encounter, but all the while we know evil is waiting right around the corner. The Bible tells us that Jesus will return one day and finally wipe the enemy's influence from the face of the earth forever. This event is closer than we may think, and it's important to know what to expect. The prophecies we read in the Bible can be confusing, but they do provide us with clues as to what we'll see unfolding in our world as we near the return of our King. Each week in the Mideast Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. takes a look at the current events happening around the globe and holds them up to the lens of God's Word. He shares what God reveals to him with you each week. This information is not meant to scare you, but rather to inspire you to take the gospel message out into the world. Every person needs to have the chance to meet Jesus before he returns and to know what his love and grace can do for them. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available to you on our YouTube channel as well or through our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to find links to both. Thanks for listening today and be sure to join us for the next update right here on In Spirit and Truth.